Welcome into Texans All Access on a Tuesday. We are well rested. We are refreshed after the bye. We are ready for Carolina. I'm DP City Mark Vandermeer. Drew Doherty joining me once again this Tuesday. How do you guys feel heading into week eight? I feel really excited to get back at it. But, it's exciting. But this is a unique dynamic. I have not felt this feeling in years, <laughs> which is you're going three three. in. You're, no, but you're going into a place where you're. Like, I'm going to put it in air quotes, supposed to win. You're supposed to win against Carolina. When was the last time we had something like this occur? It's certainly maybe 2020. No, you didn't really have it in 2020. You should beat the Jags, I guess, but the season was already out of control by then. You are very much a going concern right now. You've won three out of the last four. Going to Carolina, they're winless. You're supposed to win. So this makes me nervous, and that kind of nervous anxiety in a healthy sports way is not something I felt or something I haven't felt in a long time. I don't know about you guys. 2020, I just put a whole set of asterisks. But I don't even count that year <laughs> yeah. in any yeah. sport, really. I got th- I was just you brought that up. When when have you been favored last to win a game on the road? Would it have been Tampa Bay in 19? 19. When you won the division, you win that game. No, Sean Pendergast had this because who else would? Right. (laughs) It was in 2020, I think, against Detroit Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I don't count that. So, all right, legit seasons, yes. Yes. Legit. Yes. (laughs) Like actual seasons with fans and people cheering and not all the other stuff that's going on. It's a bizarre feeling, though. You feel like the Texans have a good team here. That's how – that is how – Awful it has been for the yeah. last four years. You have a good you just team. A, good team. A, a bizarre feeling. Like, it is. But I, I'm just being honest yeah, here. Yeah, and that's what we do. We This Tuesday's Texans All Access, 7 p.m. It's slot. absolutely bizarre. But I'm just saying that's Yeah, that's this is like a therapy session. We're right? like delirious. We're so happy. We're like three and three. And, you know, but people I'm, are talking about the playoff implications i'm watching the games this weekend and i see one win new england knock off buffalo i see one win chicago with a quarterback no one ever heard of from a university no one ever heard of beat a three and three that's the same record as the texans raiders team Mm -hmm. at their place you're going into carolina's place Mm -hmm. and i talked to their play-by-play announcer he said bryce young is not the problem here it's not him it's the team and I don't know if that's supposed to make me feel better or whatever. I'm Bryce Young. I'm not going to write him off. Are you kidding? After six games, we'll see where it takes him. But it's just an unusual feeling considering where we've been in the last few years. I think that when you look at what Bryce Young has done, like uh, leading up to the last few games, I'm kind of with you, Mark. Like you feel like you don't want this to be the game that you overlook. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, they're 0-6. Bryce Young is struggling. He's getting better. He's Week over week, he's getting better. And then they changed their play caller, Thomas Brown. So yes. maybe they might get some extra. They're coming off the bye. They've got a new play caller. Maybe they've got a little extra juice. Mm-hmm. Maybe some guys are healthier. I mean, I'm with you, but it's still exciting to see. I mean, this was the game that when the schedule came out, I I was really hoping it would be a primetime game. I thought seeing Bryce yeah. Young and C.J. Stroud, number one versus number two, like it would be a night game. Of course, that's not where we're at now with it, but... I think that if Bryce Young is going to turn things around, it's probably coming. He was the number one drafted quarterback for a reason. Yeah, for sure. And I haven't watched a single snap, really, other than a highlight or two of Carolina football. But there's this corner, this pocket of Twitter that's been out there the last two, three weeks that has pretty much been spiking the ball on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud saying, oh, it's clear C.J. Stroud. Now, look, C.J. has played better so far. C.J., I hope. I think has a really good chance of being the better quarterback long-term, but I'm not ready to toss dirt on Bryce Young's NFL grave quite yet. And so like, you know, getting ready for this game, I start looking at the stats and I'm like, 
Okay, well, he does have more touchdowns and interceptions so far. Right. He's only had, yeah, he's yeah. only had two games in which he's actually thrown a pick. He's been clean the other three games. He's been sacked quite a bit. Yes. But nothing alarming like you know Deshaun Watson his first couple years. Right. Nothing like you know CJ Stroud the first two games of this season. So and he's completing what around sixty some percent of his passes. So it's not like he's just this dog. So hearing mm-hmm. your your pal that that's calling the game say that that kind of lines up with just the blind stat look, and it, it's kind of making me say, well, what what is going on there? What's the deeper problem? So and we're gonna find that out or or not find that out this Sunday. Offensive line injuries. Mm-hmm. They're not running the balls as well as they want to. Right. They've got Miles Sanders. They've got Chuba Hubbard, who is said to be their best running back. And, look, they've got good weapons. Adam Thielen's Adam having a Thielen's great having year a season, for yeah. them. But I think defensively, when you swing over to that side, the thing that pops out to me is they're in the bottom third or bottom three of the league. You know, it's 30th or worse in rushing yards allowed. Right. right? So this should be or could be, I never should say should in the NFL, this could be an opportunity to get another good ground game going. You had 120 yards last time out against the Raiders, and that was cool. But And that was second best of the year, right? So maybe you can get another one of those. In addition to playing clean, you get the victory. But that, to me, is a huge sign. If you're allowing yards on the ground like the Texans did in 2021, 2022, it's a tough sign. It's a tough go. Okay, I want to unpack the run game, but first, like the the Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud thing, Drew, you brought up an interesting point. Like, we're not throwing dirt on anyone's grave, but who do you think, and I'll I'll ask both of you guys this, who do you think has something more to prove in this game? Do you think Bryce Young wants to prove, hey, I really am the number one pick? Mm -hmm. Or do you think it's C.J. Stroud saying, I should have been drafted number one overall? I feel like both these guys have something to prove, but who has more in it to win it? Yeah, that's great. That's because it's split. I mean, Young has not won a game yet. And then Stroud's a guy that was not picked first overall, and he's playing great. So there's, yeah, it's like you say, there's a lot to prove. I got got to go with Bryce Young, though. He still hasn't won a game. He's seeing all the love and the adulation Mm. for the guy that got picked second and, and, and all that. So I think Bryce Young's the guy with so much to prove. Who knows how much of that they're internalizing. I don't believe either if they say they're not thinking about it, but mm-hmm. you know I'm not either also saying that, that they're consumed by it, but it's got to be somewhere in their mind to a degree. All right, not that every game is a referendum in right, the NFL, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there are elements to it because right, the absolutely. media is always going to use that, right? And organization-wise, this is definitely a where-are-you-at moment, right? Texans versus Carolina. This is a team that traded up. Oh, we're good. We just need the quarterback so let's trade up to get them. Everything else will take care of itself. And they added weapons. You know, Thielen is there, like we discussed. DJ Chark is there. I mean, they've got other weapons as well. It's just not working out for them right now. So to me, I think that it says a lot about the organizations going into this game. Now, the Texans also got Will Anderson. They moved up to get him. He's making plays as well. He's got some of those sneaky stats. Maybe not the sexy sack stats, but he's got the sneaky pressure stats among rookies and things like that. You could build the case. It's only six games in, and I was the first to say about Will when you compare him to how J.J. Watt got started, how Jadeveon Clowney got started, how Mario Williams got started. You can't expect the world to be set on fire at that position right away. We've got a long way to go in this season anyway. I was talking to Sam Munson, actually, of PFF last week, just as an aside, about the pass rusher effectiveness. And they have this whole formula they use. And I was trying to nail him down because I'm like, 
All right, so Will Anderson Jr. has only one sack. He had it mm -hmm. in week one against Lamar Jackson. No sack since, but his, like, effectiveness as a pass rusher, you know, yeah. a lot of people are talking about how effective he is. Yeah. So I was, I was trying to get it from him. So if it's not sacks, like, let's say I'm going to make a formula. Because mm -hmm. Johnny, Johnny, Andy, and I were kicking around the can on making a pass rush effectiveness rating formula. Kind of like a QBR rating. Right. And I was like, how about we call it DP's? PR, like DP's pass rusher yeah. rate, DPPRR, <laughs> yeah. DP's pass rusher rating. I don't think they were really sold on the name. Per. But anyway, yeah, the deperver. Uh, so, so he, so Sam's, okay, sacks are the most important. But then it's like very muddy, the rest of them. Like, I'm like, is it hurries? Is it pressures? Is it passes defensed? And basically, what I got from him was if you can win your one on one matchup every single time, that's all that matters. And they watch the film. And by his account, Will Anderson is winning those matchups, even when he's sometimes double teamed. He's winning right. those matchups. He does get doubled. Johnny was telling me, because Johnny watches these nuances. More so than. He gets doubled. Yeah. When I'm calling the game, I can't possibly see that. Sometimes it's obvious, but most of the time I'm watching the ball, right? So I can't tell if Will Anderson's getting doubled or not. You know, I, yeah. just, I just know that he didn't get there or there was some pressure because sacks are important, obviously. But just flushing the quarterback to one side or the other. And sometimes the guy who gets the sack is not the guy who really got the pressure. Guy got the yes. pressure, quarterback moved over, bam, right into another player who happens to get the sack. Or as a play-by-play -play announcer, I can tell you this happens all the time. Somebody gets them low, somebody gets them high, and sometimes I think that's a split, right? Well, I might say both names, but they ended up giving it to the guy who got them low. Right. Or they gave it a split and I only said one name. I hate when that happens. But the bottom <laughs> it's line the guy is that this. celebrates first. That's who they give it to. You just got to go out there and you got to quickly celebrate like our buddy Antonio, yeah. Solis, Antonio yeah. Smith's theory <laughs> or Gary Walker. When they sacked Quincy Carter on opening night of franchise history, I'll never forget it. I didn't say Seth Payne's name and he actually got credit for the whole sack. But Gary got him high. But Gary got him high. But, and Gary celebrated. <laughs> I want to go back to that moment in time and have that one again. There are certain calls I'd love to have again. Okay, I but can tell. But yeah. I, but, but, I think you said it well, though, DP. It's are you winning the matchup? Are you affecting the pocket? Are right. you pressing the pocket and creating an uncomfortable situation for the quarterback? I know you don't have this luxury because you're calling the game, but we kind of do. And my eyes, when, when the Texans are on defense, very often wander and lock straight on what Will Anderson is doing uh -huh. and how he's matched up. And about eight times out of ten, I'm, I'm just thinking – Damn it, that would be hard to be an offensive lineman trying to block that guy yeah. because he's so big, so fast, so powerful, with such an array of moves that he's getting into the backfield so consistently. And he's not always getting a sack or a TFL, but he's affecting things like we're talking about and making, you know, making it so hard for that set of offensive linemen to block him and kind of making it easier for everybody around him, you think, mm -hmm. to maybe pick up the play, get the play, and get there. It's it's been a lot of fun. When you could just lock down on 51. Right before the snap, you're going to see something fun more times uh, than, than than not. By the way, I asked him your question because when he blocked the field goal earlier, like he had those back-to-back -back games, he mm -hmm. almost blocked one against Indy, but then he ended and up getting he got it the, the next, next week. week yeah, uh, I I told him how you were you were wondering, does it hurt your hand to block a field goal? <laughs> how exactly? What body part? Mm -hmm. He said it actually. He doesn't feel anything. Yeah. He said practicing volleyball with his sisters, he was always trying to block their shots. Oh, I bet. Oh, and wow. so that yeah. is his training for blood. And we saw Miles Garrett uh, do it this weekend as well. But I, I thought that was that's just how hard he plays on every sure. special teams, defense, and, and whatnot. Yeah, he's fun to watch. When I rewind the tape. All right. I love watching some of the other guys as well. Petrie operate, Jimmy Warden, that secondary, along with Petrie. 
Uh, I'm curious to see who's back this week, how they handle the health situation. But the defense definitely trending in the right direction. Back-to-back games allowing less than 100 yards. See that continue. If you hold them under 100 yards rushing, you're going to win this football game. I'm just very confident in that number right there. Uh, besides you know, not turning it over and things like that, all the obvious. But I believe they'll be able to get it done. This is fun now. You know, like Going into this game with a chance to go 4-3, and three, if you are able to achieve that, a winning record this late, my gosh, heading into the Buccaneer game at record. home. Yeah, yeah, and I think the fans, they're going to be jacked up no matter what, but they'll be extra jacked up for that one. You come home four and three. Okay, so you mentioned the run game, and we talked about this a little bit with Indy and Andre. So the last game against the Saints, Singletary Pierce almost split carries, yeah. which yep. Andre was saying he thinks that just was the flow of the game. Maybe, that, maybe it was part of the yeah. game plan. Maybe it was. Maybe Singletary just was just more effective. Is, is that what he said? Yeah. He said he was, mm. I think they just, he said Bobby Sloak, I think he just thought, or Danny Barrett, he said, I, I think they just sort of realized, hey, he's kind of the hot hand, so we're just keeping it Singletary. I'm curious what you think is going to happen on Sunday against this run defense. Will it be more of the same? Or, or are we going to see Singletary surpass Pierce in carries just be based on what we've seen in previous weeks? I think it'll still be a good number of carries for Singletary, maybe split. And I don't know who gets more. I, I think a lot of that depends on, oh, so-and-so had a longer drive. You know, they, they carry the ball more on this drive. They might end up with three or four more carries. I think they're going to split them. I don't want to say dead even, but pretty evenly now. And situations call for Pierce sometimes. Maybe red zone, goal to go, you need the bludgeon guy, you know, maybe on the longer field. I don't know how they'll look at it. I'm just spitballing here with this. But I think Singletary is going to get some carries. I don't I don't think Singletary – we're not going to go back to Pierce gets all the carries mm-hmm. or what was it, the Atlanta game where mm-hmm. Singletary got none. We're not going back to that. Singletary is going to get the ball. He's too good with the ball to not get the ball. And I think it's a nice change of pace. Uh, to show the defense, different guy in the game, different kind of production. I still think Pierce is going to have some really big games and gains coming up here. I don't think, you know, again, I'm not going to shovel dirt on Damian Pierce's 2023 season. No way. He'll get more back to where he was last year. I know it's a different system, though, but they'll get used to working together. He's too good to be denied over the long haul. He'll get his. I still think it's very, very early in the season. And I still think after about two weeks, there are people saying, what's wrong with Dalton Schultz? Why doesn't he get well, yeah. it was so so early? And I think you're going to see games where Dalton Schultz is is one of the foci of the, the passing game. Mm-hmm. Just like we've seen Nico Collins have some big games. How we saw Tank Dell. I think you're going to see the run game sort of figure itself out, get better, and start to operate. It's 2.9 yards of carry right now. For Damian Pierce, there's no way in ch- in hell that that stands. There's that number's got to rise. I'm, yeah. I'm certain it will. And I kind of think this Sunday, I think you're not going to see an even split. I think Damian Pierce gets more carries. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. I do think you're going to see a healthy amount of carries from Singletary, but just not as evenly split as we saw before the bye. Against Atlanta, that's when that, that's what you're talking about, Mark. Where Singletary didn't yeah, have didn't any carries. Yep. Pierce yep. had 20 carries for 66 yards. Um, 3.3 yards per carry average. And, and that then, was a game where the offense left the field with the lead. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then against the he, Saints. He had, Damian Pierce was excellent on that final drive. When yeah, they, yeah I mean, it was he almost, was a big part of that. It was almost all Damian Pierce with the past Woods, the, the touchdown to Schultz, and the rest of it was all Damian Pierce running the ball with a few few receptions. It seemed like we saw sort of the opposite happen against the Saints, where Singletary mm-hmm. was in there, Singletary got hot, and Slowick just kept with Singletary yeah. in the game. And then it, when it all evened out, it was Singletary with – 12 carries 
Pierce with 13 carries. Mm-hmm. But Singletary still ended up with more yards. I, I wonder if that's they're just going to play week by week. Maybe every single week. Who's got the hot who's hand? Somebody, somebody's just seeing the holes differently than, than somebody else. That could be the case. That could be the case like, for sure. Maybe it's not predetermined necessarily. Like, oh, this is going to be Singletary's game or this will be Pierce's game. We're just going to go with it and get a feel for it after. What is it? The, the first drive is scripted plays? Well, what, 10, 15 so, plays, 10, whatever. 15. But it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think I'd even be shocked if Singletary's out there first in some instances down the stretch this season. That doesn't mean that... They're not going to use Pierce a ton. That doesn't mean that Pierce still can't get big yardage. I just think they'll determine against what defense, what back might do better, and then they'll just rotate from there. It'll be a real interesting thing to follow how they handle that because clearly Singletary is productive. You know, Pierce is Pierce, but Singletary, you've got something with him as well. He was the leading rusher for the Bills last year. Didn't pick up as many yards as, you know, it wasn't a thousand yard season, put it that way. And Josh Allen figures heavily into their running game production in Buffalo. But that cannot be ignored. And what he's done so far here cannot be ignored either. They're going to use both guys. How about the fact that this team is the healthiest it's been since even week one? Mm-hmm. Like you're getting incredible. Tank Dell back. Yep. Mm-hmm. You've got both of your tackles, although I guess we're calling Titus a guard right now. But yep. you've got Tunsil, you've got Howard, you've got Dell, and you might get somebody else back before the week is over as well. Well, it'll be interesting with Derek Stingley Jr. When is he going to come back? When is he going to be available for this team? Because you need him. I know people are saying Sha- Shaquille Griffin playing well. Doing well, which he is, which he is, and And Stephen Nelson out of his mind. I won't take anything away from him, but we've seen you need that depth because Shaq had to miss a game, and you saw what that meant. Mm -hmm. So you need Stingley back, and we'll see when they can get him. But I kind of felt that way early on when they were having some injury issues, and injury issues are always going to be a thing with NFL teams. But early on, when they had a lot of them, I thought, you know what? Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to get some of these guys back as the season flows because it's a long campaign and you're going to have to plug and play with certain individuals as you go. And 11 games left. I mean, we had the bye. It feels like a halfway point of sorts. It's not even close to that. It's a one-third point, basically. Mm -hmm. So you take it from here. And if Stingley is back and playing the way he played before the injury, that's a big shot in the arm for your defense. And the defense is yeah. playing decently. You know, like yeah. that's a huge shot in the arm getting that caliber mm-hmm. of, of a cornerback back with your defense. I want Ridgeway back too. That's yeah. big. If for you stopping can get, the run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can get him back mm-hmm. on the D line, because again, you get real thin up there in a hurry if one of those guys gets hurt on the interior. You just imagine the confidence this team would have when you start getting some of your, some of those guys back. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've already been able to string together some nice wins without them. Yeah, it's it's a strange league, though. I it, That is always evident to me as I sit down on my couch, surgically attached to it during a bye weekend, retinas burning from watching so much football, <laughs> college and pro, and I'm thinking this league is absolutely nuts that yeah. the 49ers can lose twice in a row when you thought there's no way they're going to lose to Cleveland and Minnesota. I mean, you would have bet your house that they're not going to lose both those games, but they did, and here they are, and no one's burying them. It's just a rough spot for them. But, again, in the ebb and flow of a 17-game schedule, you're going to get this. How about the Patriots? 
winning. That and was being bizarre. The Bills. What that, is going on with uh, the Bills? Unforgivable, Buffalo. <laughs> what are you doing? How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Don't you know who you are? Don't you know who they are? They are your Colts. It's way worse than the Colts are to the Texans, the Patriots to the Bills. The Patriots have the reign of terror. This is, they are Darth Vader and the evil empire for two decades, and you're finally free of them to a degree. And you let them do that to you? you? How can you go in there flat? It's New England. Crush them. I don't care how bad you think they are. You must crush them every time you see them. But you know what? It's the Patriots and the Bills. And the I, Patriots, I the, you, can't, you can't overlook them. Can't I, overlook anybody. I, I really thought the Bills were going to bounce back, too. I mean, they lost to the Jags. Yeah, in, in London. London. And right. you, you think, oh, okay, they're going to come back and like, look, get it together. They barely beat the Giants at home in a primetime game, right? The Bills are a little shaky. So who's who's really great? Well, uh, the Chiefs are really great. They win a lot of close games too. They put up some points against the Chargers, but everybody scores against the Chargers. The Chiefs had a lot of <laughs> low-scoring wins. They beat the Jags 17 to 9. 17 to 9. A week before the Texans put 30 plus on the Jags. But that was pre Was that pre-Taylor Swift? Uh Because you saw the graphic, it? right? So who the wait, wait, who is great then? You got the Chiefs? I was going to say the Dolphins before. No, they're not great. The last they're calling weeks. them a flag yeah. football team right now. The Eagles? Uh, I think the Eagles are really good. Yeah. They are good. You know, their quarterback, uh, Jalen Hurts, is such a stud. But they lost to the Jets the week before. I was like, the Eagles mm -hmm. have lost, too. For the yes. first time ever. In France, like they'd never lost to the Jets before. I guess they don't play that much, though. Still, though. Still, it is funny. That's weird. I mean, the Jets have been around since 1960 yeah. as the New York Titans. Mm -hmm. That's right, kids. Oh, the New York Titans was the original name of the Jets. Really? Yes, I could go on all day, but stop me now. But the Eagles, I think, have this toughness about them. Jalen Hurts, the tush push. Uh, Florio was joking. They're the one team in the league that doesn't have to go 10 yards for a first down. If they go eight and a half, nine, that's fine because they can get it on fourth and short <laughs> with the tush push. The brotherly shove. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so they have that going for them. A.J. Brown is an absolute beast. He is phenomenal. He reminds me of Andre Johnson. He just does. I don't think he's as good as Andre Johnson, but he's super physical. He does have good hands that have improved over the course of his career. And look, they've got a good defense. That's tough, man. Miami got out-toughed by the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought that people were going to, I mean, people were really high on the Lions. And then that Lions game, which was the other game they were showing here. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a, you know what that was to me? A goose egg that they laid. I that, mean, they scored six in the final quarter, but still. That was kind of, um, you're not used to AFC opponents. You're from the <laughs> NFC. From the north. It's the score translator. Yeah, and you come down, and you see Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you see Lamar Jackson. You don't know how to deal with it. That was one of those, look, we know, we know what mm -hmm. it's like to go to Baltimore and get your butt kicked, right? 47 oh, yeah. points. Is yeah. that what they put on the Texans that game in 2019, coming off the oh, yeah. bye? When the Texans were hot. When the Texans yeah. were really good. It's Deshaun mm -hmm. Watson versus Lamar Jackson. This is going to be an awesome quarterback du duel. And then you get blown to bits by the Ravens. Game, and that's what on, happened yeah. to the Lions. Uh -huh. I mean, that just uh -huh. happens sometimes. So you got to bounce back from that. <laughs> they got to figure that out. I'm going to put Mark's uh, the score translator through some mm -hmm. other games that we watched this okay. weekend. Okay. I like it. This is a this is new because there's some mm -hmm. there were some really good games on. I know you always both watch the Browns and the Colts. Oh my god. And gosh. some of the other action around the league. I and, have uh, no clue about that one, yeah, although I did watch it. I know. It, so Wait, this I is a great this, these are great <laughs> topics to discuss and stick through the translator. We're going to do that. We're going to go around the NFL. It's all coming up on Texans All Access.
Welcome back to Texans All Access. Uh, we were going to talk about some football, and then during the break, Drew showed me something that I cannot stop thinking about. Millie Vanilli biopic yes. out today. No, well, I think it's a documentary. Documentary? Documentary on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, I like a good documentary way better than a biopic. Oh, really? Way better. I want a good documentary. What's the actual difference? Am well, I a biopic is, a is uh, you have an, an actor playing oh, oh, the part. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Script. Yeah. Eh, the you know, documentary is the actual people. Okay, I, yeah. I've, that's what I meant. Like Joaquin okay, I like, Phoenix I'm with was you. Johnny Cash and uh, Jamie Foxx <laughs> was Ray Charles, stuff like that. Right. So Those the, are good, too. Those are phenomenal. Gary Busey was Buddy Holly. But uh, you know, Angela want... Bassett was Tina Turner, and she did a great that job. That was great, though. Lawrence Fishburne was Ike. That was great. But the Tina Turner documentary was 10 times better. As good as that was, the Tina Turner documentary made me love Tina Turner. Not that I didn't before. I always liked her, but I loved her after that. Mm. But one of them is not alive anymore. He's not so with us anymore, yeah. I don't know if it was with... Rob or Fab, but one of them. Yeah, so oh. the other, the, the one that is alive is in. He's in it, yeah. He's in this. He's yeah, in but it, yeah. so who's them? Do they talk to the, they must talk to the musicians. I haven't seen it. I just saw the they trailer. They must. Today, the people who actually <laughs> wrote and sang the songs, and everyone can deny it, but they sold a lot of albums. They were good they songs. Were great they good songs. They sold millions, millions. We were you, just singing it a second ago. You could not <laughs> turn on the radio. Yeah. So catchy. Uh, the, I was telling Drew that when when the whole lip syncing thing came out, mm -hmm. you could mail back your records and your cassettes. Mm -hmm. There were no CDs at the time uh, for a partial refund. And I kept mine because it was like the first official cassette that I bought that I didn't just tape off the this radio. It was the 80s, wasn't it? It was, it was right late 80s. There yeah. were 80, CDs, but you had to be pretty fancy at that point. I we don't even think. We didn't get them in the they were like household 20 bucks, until about 91 or 92. <laughs> and they came in this huge package. Yeah, yeah they did. Like, what is all this? Packaging, and you would buy a jukebox that was huge and had one <laughs> CD player it, on right, the top. You're right. You couldn't play 80s. it anywhere else. Yeah. You could plug it into the wall or have like 18. I had batteries. no money. I used to buy used cassettes to listen to music back in the 80s, and no money back then. No, what you did, Mark, was you got someone else to buy the cassette, and then you dubbed it off of them. And then yeah. the next time you asked Wasn't for a different smart. cassette, for, you you put up. little scotch tape over. <laughs> if you have a cassette you want to record over, over the little holes so you could record onto your old cassettes that you didn't want to listen to anymore. Really? Things that kids I are not gonna. That. The no. kids are not gonna know these days. No, Is that no. a common thing that people knew? No, okay. I did though. Gotcha. I was good I with the, in the biz. Back yeah, because <laughs> I, all right. So my first demo tapes, getting radio jobs, were on cassette. Right. They were actually tapes. Right. So I knew how to do all this stuff. In fact, I found my very first demo tape because my kid was going through my cassettes. My ten-year-old. It's like, Daddy, you know, he wants to play cassettes and check it out. And I found my demo tape that I got my job with in Clearfield, Pennsylvania. And I basically faked the whole thing because I had to pretend to be a DJ and news reader. Oh, I'd done okay. a little bit of sports, but that's all at the time. So it's like. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, it's really spending all the hits over, in the 60s, 70s, over 80s. Over the top stuff. It's crazy. But I gotta put it on digital. I gotta save this stuff. Yeah, I was I was just thinking of our VHS collection because when we moved, my husband had the Rockets championships mm -hmm. on VHS. And now I'm like, what, kids these days don't have to record anything. Like the Ast we, we're gonna, no. I'm sure we're gonna I know we're gonna talk about the Astros, Ooh, but yeah. Astros in the World Series, like you could just pull up any clip. Any yeah. highlight, any game, you just watch it at leisure whenever you want. YouTube is like week. a its a public utility at this point. It, it's like plumbing. Where's the video? Well, it's on the... Just look uh, it up. It's on videoplumbing.com. You don't need any VHS tapes for anything anymore. Right. But yes, back uh, the Astros. There was a Monday night game on as well, mm -hmm. but the Astros... Which, an end to a, a great, I mean, I, I feel like you can't even be disappointed that they lost. You it's, can be disappointed yeah. the way it ended, I think. But Drew. it's very, very Still nuanced. A, it's yes. so, 
listen, I've been I'm an Astros fan the since the late 70s. Uh, I was very disappointed with what happened. I was supremely disappointed that that was the team to which you lost. That's the last yeah, well, team I wanted yeah. to lose to that okay. way. You, it, would you rather lose to the Yankees or the Red Sox than the Rangers? Oh, absolutely. The okay. Yankees or the Red Sox. Absolutely. Okay. Those guys. Because of the city component. Not yeah. just the sports component, the city component. Yeah, I got you. If Houston can't have it, none of Texas can have it. But, right? but <laughs> two World Series championships Yeah. in my, like, mm-hmm. you know, after I saw so much of this over the last 40 some years you've been to the lcs the last six seasons seven seven seasons excuse me yes it took the rangers seven games to beat the very worst of the astros Mm. team since 2016 Mm. and i i look at my twins they're 10 years old they only know they can only remember lcs appearances or better that's the only thing they can remember remember (laughs) when i was 10 years old it was 1987 The only Astros playoff appearances I remembered was 86. A tremendous series, but they lost. You I don't remember 1980. I don't remember. I was a three-year-old. I didn't yeah, remember yeah. that. Nolan so Ryan. like they, they went, and they went the next year, I think, in that weird strike season. But that's the only thing I remember. I was 27 years old before the Astros even won a playoff series because 97, 98, 99, they got bounced. Yeah. You know, I think if you'd have taken any of the Altuve, Alvarez, George Springer, Carlos Correa, or Guriel, if you took any of those five, plucked them, and put them on those late 90s Astros teams, mm-hmm. I think the dam breaks, and that offense gets going, and they, mm-hmm. they go a little deeper than they actually got to go. So, yes, I'm very, very disappointed, but I'm also like, eh, I don't think they're going to win the World Series anyway, these Rangers. So let's uh, <laughs> let's go Phillies or let's yeah. get Diamondbacks. You know? And next yeah. year, win 100 games. I could see probably. that. Yeah, I could yeah. see the Astros getting right back into it with some health, some moves. They are loaded, pitching, yeah. all of that. Now they need people to stay healthy, et cetera, exactly, et cetera. Exactly. I, I think this because, look, if, any, if the Texans were able to go to seven consecutive AFC championship games, I mean, forget about it, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so phenomenal. Couple Super Bowls, you, you know. know. It, New England, it's, it's remarkable. It, it's, the success it's incredible. That they've had. Success, you cannot fathom being able to do that in any sport. To get to your semifinal round mm-hmm. seven years in a row. Yeah. I don't care what the sport is. That's amazing to me. And I hope. I think people appreciate it, most people, but I think a lot of people don't even understand how rare and precious and special that is, that this will eventually end, this run. Yeah. That you cannot sustain this. Look at, well, oh, sure you can, Mark, really? It's hard. I, you know, I know they have a great organization, great ownership, whatever. It is hard to sustain that kind of excellence. The Yankees couldn't do it, right? I mean, they had a great run. Now, the Patriots in football, they were able to do it, had the rare combination of coach and quarterback. What do we have here? Coach and quarterback, <laughs> let's go right now. It is. If you if you compare it to into football terms with the Astros have been able to do, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It is probably most like the Patriots. Yeah. In recent years. Reason. I think actually the, yeah. the Chiefs have it going on right now. They're kind of similar to the Astros, oh, and the yeah. timeline is very similar as well when you look at what Kansas City is doing in the NFL. But I think it's very special. It, it's tough to win these series, as we've seen yeah. after what happened Friday night, and then you get blown out at home two times in a row. No one could have predicted that, but it happened. That lineup of theirs seems so loaded, the, the Rangers, whereas there's a few holes in this Astros one. And when It's still good, though. Oh, it's really good. And when... When they pulled Scherzer mm-hmm. last night, I, I left the room thinking, 
here we go. Astros yeah. are going to get going now. They got into the, the Rangers bullpen, and I come back and I see they put Jordan Montgomery in their yeah. starter. Right. And I just had a sinking feeling because that They're guy all the shut stops. him down. But then another indicator of how amazing this franchise is over the last you know seven years is Robert Flores. He's from this area. Yeah. He's a big Astros fan. He's a national guy on uh, on TV. He's been around the block. He had a tweet thread last night. And it basically was the seeds of the 2023 failure for the Astros are as follows. And he like lists all these these reasons. They're a game away from the World Series, and he's deeming that a failure. A failure. I mean, that's how good oh, you've wow. become when you're talking about yeah. it's, it's a World Series championship or bust almost. Right, know? right. Whereas many teams are so thrilled to get to the wild card round yeah. and lose, right, just to make the postseason. I'll put that in air quotes. And other sports, look, the Texans are in a completely different situation right now. But if the Texans were to make the playoffs this year, that'd be monumental considering yeah. where they were, mm-hmm. right? Because the Texans, the last three years prior to this, were similar to the Astros in the early teens, right? Losing 100 games a year, and then they were able to build it up with good draft choices. Well, the Texans, good draft choices, here we go. You know, Now you're finally seeing the, the fruits. You're seeing some harvest here, and let's see where it takes them. So, look, it was, it was a fun run for the Astros, and you know now we move on to football. Rockets getting started. Fun time in Houston sports, mm. regardless. I'm glad you brought up the playoffs, Mark, because I love talking about playoffs. Yes. Super early in the year, and this is no exception. Uh, I was actually thinking about you during this Colts uh, Browns game yesterday because yeah. you hate the Colts like poison. Yes, but you know we've been we've been rooting for the Browns all year for the draft for a better draft pick. Yeah, and I feel like yesterday was the first time that means Sunday or yes, yeah, yeah, Sunday. It's, it's all blending. Feel like it a, is yeah, Tuesday. It, feel like it feels Monday, like though. yesterday yeah. didn't even count. Well, in this studio, let's face it, this is like a cave. <laughs> no windows. I, I don't mean, think it, it could be a torrential People downpour. are like, oh, it's raining. Really? No it's idea. raining? No I have idea. no idea. Anyway, yeah, go on. Yeah, so Sunday, we we're. I was thinking, like, I think the tide has turned because now we're more focused on the Texans winning more games and getting into the playoffs yeah. than worrying about next year's draft pick, which is a really mm. nice position. I still wanted okay. the Colts to win because I think you can take care of the Colts yeah, either right, way. This, this but is... I wanted the Colts to win. I want that draft but pick I'm to But I'm not worried about the draft pick higher. because whatever it is, I want the better players is. you can get. All right. All about I, you're going to get a great draft pick. I changed my rooting interest or my level of disappointment to satisfaction in the course of that game, all right, because of this. <laughs> I think I understand where you're coming from, Drew, but I, I'm with DP on this one, that you needed to hurt the Colts more than you needed the Browns to lose that game. The Browns losing, hopefully that takes care of itself. The Browns are going to do whatever they do, right? But you have an opportunity here. Not that our rooting interest affects anything, because if it did, I'd be going but to the Super Bowl every year. it impacts you Yeah, this it year. does impact you. And you want to. it helps with your enjoyment level or lack thereof in watching a game. So I'm watching most of that game thinking, I want the Colts to pull it out because I want to put a hurting on Cleveland. But then I'm thinking... Wait a minute. I need the Colts to lose. They actually beat the Texans this year already. You'll get them final game of the regular season. But I need them to get buried now, right? And have doubt and Minshew throwing picks. And yes, misery for the Indianapolis Colts wearing those stupid uniforms. uniforms. (laughs) Indiana Knights, Mark. But hang on a second. In the middle of the day, day, with the roof open, with the sun shining. Why did they do this? (laughs) Why did they do this? Wait for a night game. (laughs) To break out the Indiana Knights uniforms. The sun was bouncing off those matte black helmets. I just don't under, I just, and I didn't, 
There's so many things with those uniforms. I'm with you. I could could you, well, you would have had a fit trying to read those numbers. Oh my gosh. The blue on the black without any I think they could have pulled it off with those helmets, but I think the the pant jersey combo needed Ugh. to be different. Because I, I think that helmet by itself is pretty cool looking if you bust it out a time or two per year, but it's just got to it's got to contrast differently with what they're wearing Maybe all, beneath it. You know? all blue or I, I don't I, even I don't know, know what, but it was not working for Indiana. me. And is there anything special? Now, you grew up, in, grew up Indiana. in Indiana. What is the, special about the, Indiana Nights? I've never Tom heard Petty, this. It's, it's not like Tom Petty song. Tom Petty song. Oh, yeah. Last, Dance, Girl, with Mary, Last Dance with Mary Jane, yeah. yes. Yeah, Indiana but Girl is that like Indiana a good thing? I mean, it's like a Midwestern night, you know. It's nice, the summer breeze. It's not like Vegas nights. Unlike Houston where it's like 110 in the summer. I could see like Miami nights, LA nights, New York nights, <laughs> but Indiana t- nights? Are we really going here? Well, you can't compare the two. It's a totally different vibe. Indianapolis. And I don't know what a black matte helmet has to do with Indiana nights, though. That I don't understand. Indianapolis shrimp cocktail. <laughs> Our shrimp cocktail uniforms. That is what we're going with because that's how this city is known to travelers. Yeah, well, you speak, I remember the the combine, the NFL combine, when they thought it might move out of Indianapolis. Oh yeah, the hospitality committee <laughs> yeah. came out oh, with shrimp it cocktail it, or like nine in the morning, uh-huh, which I uh-huh. thought that is just disgusting. It's never too early. All right, but so, Mark, t- Mark, not only ate his, he ate mine too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so gross. We are there doing an AFC South play-by-play only podcast, the four of us, right? <laughs> It's so it's nine thirty in the morning, and they bring them by, and you've Shrimp never seen cocktail. four guys like, "Can we get this thing over with?" Because I want to eat this. You know, it's just sitting there right in front of us. They bring it by, and they lay the plates I in front of us. We're already like we're on quote on the air. We're recording. We're not going to pause it there, <laughs> and it was just really frustrating. Yes. All right. <laughs> it was frustrating. I, I I just watched Mark down like. Eight shrimps. It's delicious. With that super spicy sauce good. at 930 in the morning. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. I've got something else to get you excited. Power rankings. Nice. And uh, we're going to do that. We've got one final segment of Texans All Access. Final segment of Texans All Access. We roll on. Usually we go around the NFL. We've already done a little bit of that. But I definitely wanted to get to the power rankings that just came out today on NFL.com. The Texans did not play a game, but guess what, guys? They moved up a spot. Nice. (laughs) They're at number 15. I know different power rankings have had the Texans a little bit higher. This is the entire NFL. Uh, C.J. Stroud, fourth in passing yards per game, according to their recap. And right now he's on pace for 4,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, and three interceptions, which we know that's not going to happen, but that's crazy. I think the touchdowns and interceptions numbers, both of those are going to rise. They'll end like the end the product will be higher as well than too. Yeah, yeah. but oh, not so you, so you think more like thirty and seven or something, yeah, something or, like or that. Thirty four and thirty four. What's the I think, record? I think thirty three might be the record. So, so it's thirty three or thirty four in the year twenty twenty. And Watson that year, Schaub had 4,700-something in 2009. Watson broke the record, but not by much in 2020. So that's close. That's flirting with the record. On Pace Guy says he's flirting with the all-time Texans passing record. (laughs) But I would take fewer yards and more running yards and the same efficiency, obviously. Didn't Nick Foles go through a season with only two picks? I believe he did. That sounds familiar. His rookie year. Like, I think there's a lot of possibility here. But you have to, uh, you know, you got to play these games and see where it takes you. I mean, you have games on the schedule that look, quote, winnable. Let's just put it this way. They should be able to be competitive with anybody on this schedule. And you see if you can make the plays down the stretch. I like that you rose in these rankings by a spot because the same thing, you didn't play a game. The same thing happened 
with turnover differential, I dork out and I send that weekly yes, email I to saw the group. That. Yeah. Texans entered the bye tied for third in turnover differential at plus six. So it stayed plus six after yesterday and, and Sunday. Now they go up to second because I guess somebody fell down. Tied for second. Tied right? for second with yeah. you know, four other teams. I noticed that yesterday. Mm-hmm. You want a couple of other ones that, yes. are, that are nice? Okay. Uh, rushing defense. 16th, which is nothing to throw a parade about. We're not going to close down Wasn't downtown. Was it like 31st, 32nd Yeah, last you're year? always at, you're at the bottom of the league in 2020, mm-hmm. 2021, 2022. Now you're top half of the league, technically. So that's good. And you want to continue to trend in that direction because the last two games have been better against the run. Even though Bijan was Bijan and had some moments in that game, you still held the Falcons below 100. You held the Saints below 100 rushing yards. Very nice indeed. Uh, you mentioned Stroud, fourth in passing yardage. Offense is 11th in yardage. Mm. Even though you haven't run the ball at all the way you want to, you're 11th in offense, yardage-wise. That's nice. Uh, I don't have scoring D in front of me, but that's not too bad either. So you're seeing a lot of positives here, a lot of positive indicators as they've won three of their last four. Keep it going. How about the fact that, and I think you mentioned this on Texans Monday, Mark, Nico Collins is now first in the NFL with yards per catch yes he's averaging 18.9 yards per catch on average and yes Tyreek Hill was just above him but for whatever reason maybe he's caught some shorter passes lately yep fell to second Nico Collins is now first in that category it's not like Nico's going and running these you know go routes and catching these deep bombs I mean he can do that I think but he's been catching intermediate stuff and then just blasting dudes after the catch and it's been so much fun to watch yeah he's, his yak he, yards mm, tremendous yeah he's getting some yak and you know who else is looking really good is tank dell mm-hmm. he's also in the top 10 in yards per catch he's like a yard or two behind get him, him back baby yeah. and see what he can do because he affects the whole defense if you're a coordinator on that side of the ball you're thinking how all right we gotta account for him and then nico and what if they throw to schultz and i gotta worry about a lot of things here and that's good you want that all right, and around the AFC South, the Jags are the highest-ranked AFC South team. They're at number seven. Ugh. Colts are number 21 after the loss to the Browns. Um, you mentioned Minshew and his turnovers. He had four of them. And then the Titans uh, are number 26. Trading Titans, yeah. Yeah, so what Two do we think four. of uh, that deal? They traded Kevin Bayard. That, yes. He's a fixture for them. A good player. They like him. He's gone. And then Florio went to work this morning. Does this mean Derrick Henry is next? So we'll see. His what? name has been out there the last two years. Yeah. So it's Are, certainly a good possibility. What, like, what is happening? You, you would think they would have learned their lesson a few years ago after trading Oh, AJ Brown. A. A. Brown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, if they do this, can we read into this? Can we read into what's happening with the Titans if they're trading? Kevin I don't. Byers? I don't know about a Henry deal. The contract is pretty heavy, and I don't know what the price would be. Is it really worth it to them? Because if you trade Derrick Henry, your season's over. I'm sorry, he is such a weapon still. The mere threat of him keeps that engine going. They. It's not like they have a young quarterback. Mm-hmm. They do have a young quarterback in Will Levis, and they still have Malik Willis, but. Where are they going to go with that? How do they sell that to their fans? And they're trying to build the new stadium right now. I don't I don't see them doing that, but as I say it, who knows? I didn't think they would trade Bayard either. And Tannehill out indefinitely with the high ankle sprain, so they're already saying for Week 8, Titans are going to face Atlanta. They're going to prep both Will Levis and Malik Willis. And they're not going to tell us who's playing. And we're not going to. Maybe we'll know later on in the week, but we saw Malik Willis come in in relief when Tannehill left on a cart. Yeah. Um, two weeks ago. Yeah. In week six. I don't know about this. 
I don't know about this. Is it this. too early to bust out Will Levis? I don't think so. Why not? No. Why not do it? You already know what you have in Malik Willis. Why not put Will Levis out there now? You you haven't been to practice. You don't know what he's looking like. Well, I know what Malik Willis looks like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, he beat the I Texans. Mean, do you want to see more of that? With I mean, two I don't completions know. <laughs> last year. But again, without Derrick Henry, you're, if you're going to play either one of those guys, and you have to, obviously, with Tannehill's injury, how do you go into a game without Derrick Henry? My gosh. They've got Spears. Is Haskins healthy? I don't even know. But it's mm. it's not the same. It's Derrick no. Henry. No, you know? he's their fixture. He's a frightening player. Even Derrick Henry not not being Derrick Henry of two, three years ago is still frightening. If they do it closer closer to the trade deadline, I think it says oh, something. It's next week. Yeah. So they, they can go one more week. game. But Go you know. one more game and then say, okay, that's it. We're what does this do for – what about DeAndre Hopkins? Is he a trade – Possibility. Uh, that's a good question. Did he if sign a one-year, two-year? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's. Well, you know that for a team that lost a receiver that needs some help, you know, Minnesota or something like that. Minnesota's three and four now after that victory over the 49ers. See, I think Minnesota's not bad. It's just that they've played some games where they haven't executed down the stretch. I think Kirk Cousins is obviously not an elite, elite quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. He moves the ball. I think last night was something like his 50th 300-yard game. The guy's <laughs> won some games. He's going to make it so hard for them to move on from him because he does just enough yeah. to give you some hope and to keep yeah. you interested. And then when the postseason hits, this it's like the same thing every year. That was bad last year. Like that was every, bad. I feel like I feel I like love Kirk Cousins, but just yeah. seeing his quarterback series on Netflix. Since we're bouncing around guy. here, how about Tyrod Taylor with the Giants? Oh, how about him? And they beat the Commanders. <laughs> and he almost got it done against Buffalo on the road. I mean, that's impressive considering when he came back for the Texans and played against Miami in 2021, I thought, oh, my gosh, he's done. He's yeah. done. It was a nice ride, nice career, but he's done. He's a folk hero in Buffalo still because he brought them back to the playoffs for the first time in forever. He's their TJ Yates. He's kind say. of, sort uh -huh. of, maybe yeah. uh, not exactly apples to apples there. but Similar, yeah, he's, similar folksy he, he's, sort of. Th they love him. Yeah. They do love him up there. Uh, but, you know, he's playing for the Giants at the time a couple of weeks ago. But he beats the Commanders. And, and another example why this league is crazy. The Falcons do what they did to the Texans. Late field goal drive, win the game. Ritter looks pretty good. The following week, the Commanders go in there to Atlanta, and the Falcons look like utter crap. Right. And then the Commanders go to the Giants, and they look horrible. And then the Falcons go to the Bucks, and they look good again and have a late field goal drive to win that game. What is going on? This is a crazy league. You cannot assume anything. And the Bucks are number one in turnover differential in the NFL. Oh, okay. They're one, they are. one ahead. Yeah, sorry. They are. Had to okay. Bring that up. Yeah. Which is so random. Okay, well, and I they're going to be here a week from Sunday. <laughs> exactly. We'll Tickets at HoustonTexans.com. Okay, that's perfect. I was going to mention Kareem Jackson suspended for four games oh, for yeah. violating the league's unnecessary roughness rules. That places him at returning when? Against the Texans. December 3rd against the Texans. Because this is how the NFL how runs. Oh, you have a former player suspended. We have to make sure they can it's make a return Mark, it's trip. in the script. Yes, it's all part of the script. It is. You it know is. what else is in the script? Texans matchup. It's coming up next with John Harris. Don't go anywhere. That's going to do for Texans All Access. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.